for professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 706 on today's Entrepreneur. Welcome to a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. Hello, Josh. Hello. And we welcome into studio uh, today, we're, we're talking daycares, Josh. Daycares, you know, it's always a hot topic and an interesting business. Uh, and there's so many aspects to it. So uh, definitely, definitely lots to talk about. No shortage of, uh, of topics. So let's, why don't we just get right into it? And uh, Andrea Malazzi is here from CPE de Moncoeur. And I, I guess even though people have a good understanding of what daycares do, uh, perhaps you can describe a little bit about your daycare and, and really what it's all about. Okay. Hi. Uh, thank you for having uh, me this here this evening. Um, we have a daycare located in downtown Montreal. We have 146 kids. We have been here for several, several years. Since 1971, we started. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's a great field to be in. It's a very challenging job. Um, but, you know, the, working with the children every day, working with the teachers and, and uh, the parents, is, it's quite a rewarding job. Do you offer a lot of programs? I mean, for the kids or the, that, that come into the daycare, you have to keep them programmed pretty much throughout the day. So what kind of typical programming do you do? Okay, so a typical day, day for us would start, um, our children are welcomed uh, in a gym. So we are lucky right now where we are, in that we have a big gym with uh, bicycles for the, the children, little tricycles for them to play. So they'll have a lot of active time uh, in the gym, and then they divide to their classrooms. And in their classrooms, the teachers have put together a curriculum to really help develop the child completely in all aspects and eventually the, the goal is to prepare them for life later on for going into school and just to give them an, as many experiences as we can possibly do now what age do you do are the the typical children that come into your daycare our children can start as early as six months and we have them until they're five has it always been like that? As you said, you started in 1971, or your predecessor, i.e. mom, started in 1971, as I understand. Was it always that age group? Um, no. In the beginning, it started more as a, I'd say, more of a preschool setting. So it was half-day programs, drop-in. Um, and the children that were accepted were from 18 months until five years. Uh, there was a period as well that we ran a camp, but that was a long time ago. Um, and eventually, when we decided to expand the daycare um, in the late 80s, we applied for a new permit, and uh, the government asked us to accept infants. Now, you mentioned, I mean, you say 1971. I mean, that's a long time ago, and clearly a little bit before you were able to, to run this daycare. How did it start? Um, you're right, it is quite a bit before my time, but as you mentioned, uh, mom was at the at the helm at that point, and uh, she's still with us. <laughs> she still works uh, four know. days a week. Um, but, uh, you know, at that time, I guess, it was a f time that women were going back into the workforce, and there were a group of people, uh, along with... Um, uh, Sir George Williams University mm -hmm. that wanted to put together childcare to help ease the burden for these mothers that wanted to go back to work full time. And this is how it started. So our daycare was one of the first to start. 
And then bit by bit, the, the care increased in hours that the children were, were there to the types of activities that we offered. And at that time, there was just so much that we could offer the kids being situated where we were. Now, when did you get into this business? And did you have the background as either an educator or, or some, some degree in child learning that, that you were able to, to bring to the table? Well, I first started uh, as a teenager, and at that time I was teaching swimming. That's when we were still lucky enough to have a swimming program Hmm. and access to a pool. Uh, So I taught swimming for several years and worked my summers as a student. Um, I did my undergraduate degree in psychology, and then eventually I took my master's in educational administration because I knew eventually we wanted to expand, and this is the direction that I I wanted to, to go in. Uh, the daycare was just very close to my heart. When you compare uh, the way you run the daycare with the way people run normal businesses, and especially in terms of client satisfaction, how does that differ when you're when you're when the clients are people's kids and you're entrusted with their kids? I mean, it's a very uh, personal, it's a very sensitive area. Well, I think as directors we wear many hats, and there are many many facets to the job, uh, from welcoming the parents, making them feel comfortable, because of course we're, we're dealing with little lives here, and we, we have such an impact on their lives later on. We need to make the, the parents feel comfortable, we need to help welcome the child and have them get used to being in the daycare environment. So, But it, it comes from a place, I guess, closer to the heart, that you really have to be able to love what you do every day, being with the kids. Um, and in terms of the business aspect that there's also that drier aspect of it that you still have to take into consideration. So you do need that training in the background to be able to do all the financial aspect of it. Now, when you came into the business, how much of it was on the job learning, you know, dealing with the parents and, and the psychology of the individuals, because you're, as you say, there's the little people that they leave with you. Uh, how much of it was really on the job? How much did your mom pass on to you as far as knowledge versus what you brought in from the master's degree or, or from outside? Well, I think school definitely prepared me for the financial aspect of it and dealing with budgets and, and the government especially because that's a big part of what I do that I think in the time that my mother uh, was running the daycare that she didn't have to do as much. We were very, so we're still a big center, but we were still very small and worked within ourselves. Uh, so what I learned on the job really is people relations. So you learn how to speak with families. You learn how to have the confidence to sometimes encourage those families in, in directions that sometimes they feel a little bit more uncomfortable with. It's, it's a hard decision for a parent to pick a daycare because they're leaving their child there all day long. So they need to feel comfortable with, with the people that they leave their children with. When you, when you came, first came in and started working with your mom, was there, did you kind of step on each other's toes? Did you, did you work out the roles? Did you overlap a lot? How did, how did that interaction go? You know, I think it actually really kind of fell into place quite easily because there are certain things that she is very strong at, um, certain things I know she doesn't really like doing and things that I, I like doing less. So even now and how we work, as I said, she still works with us, you know, f- 
pretty much full time and she'll do things like scheduling and which I really don't like doing. I'll, I can do it, but <laughs> it's it's not what I like to focus on, but I will be working more with the with the government, uh, dealing in, in French a lot more and all the documents that need to be filled out. And, uh, and then we both share the responsibility of dealing with the parents and uh, relations with the staff and trying to keep our, our team cohesive. Did you typically agree with each other when it came to running the center, at least at the early days? I'd say we did. You know, we, we are a few in the office, so sometimes we do have disagreements. Um, does it make it easier because she's my mother? I, I think it, ha- <laughs> it brings different challenges to it, definitely. But I think that there is that, that mutual respect, and we, we find a way, we find a mid-ground, and what we want to do, eventually we get there. And you include sometimes others in that discussion, so you get other points of view as well? Absolutely. Whether it be our assistants in the office, sometimes, you know, in, in, with uh, the financials, but also with our staff. Because the staff are the, one, the ones who are there day-to-day hands-on with the kids. So there are sometimes things that they think about that we don't think about that they really do need within the classroom. And I think, Dan, we, you know, we hear this from entrepreneurs often, the, the parent and the child, that that don't always see eye to eye, but hopefully very often, but when they include other people and they have other views brought in, it, it sometimes helps open their eyes even more. And if they have a good relationship and understanding, it can only work out for the best. Andrew Malazzi, our guest on today's Entrepreneur of Sipi Ermoncar. More after the break, after uh, the traffic right now at 7.15. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 718 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. And our guest is Andrea Malazzi. She's with CPR Moncourt. And uh, we're, we're, earlier we were talking about uh, customer satisfaction, which is certainly very challenging when you're dealing with, uh, with children and people's kids. Um, how do you train your staff? Uh, from an HR perspective, to deal with uh, some of these very, very sensitive issues? Well, I happen to be lucky that a lot of my staff has worked with us for years, several, several years. As I said, we've been around since the 70s, so I'd say a good portion of my staff have worked at least 10, 15, 20 years sometimes. So um, they have that, that experience behind them, and I think for them they need to you know through the experience they they build knowing how to deal with parents and and really when you talk to them you need to keep in mind that parents just want the best for their kids so when they come to you sometimes there there might be a little complaint or something they're concerned with if you keep that in the back of your mind and know where they're coming from you can answer to them with with at least a little bit of compassion and knowing that really that's their goal is just to have something that's that's positive for their child so if they keep that in mind I I think things work out and they need to have the confidence to say what they feel because sometimes our our teachers come in and they tend to be a little bit nervous and they don't want to deal with that confrontation but it's not it doesn't always have to be a confrontation it just has to be a discussion but I presume the reality is that if they do get or hit a level of, of discomfort then they'll just suggest they go speak to the director, which is yourself, and, and you'll deal with the issue. Head correct, on. correct. So the first step for the, for the for a parent is always to go to the educator first. If they're not able to resolve their issue, then they will come to me, and then we'll sit down and we'll see what we can do. So I'm wondering, your hiring practices, I mean, when you, I mean, it's it's great that you have some longstanding employees, and I presume it, it goes towards the culture and the and the fit, and we'll come to that in a moment, but when you're first hiring them, 
other than the the credentials that I presume they must have, what do you look for in in that educator in that in that childcare uh, worker that you want? I look for passion, and they need to have a passion really for working with children. When they come to us, often they come through stages. So the schools allowing them to do stages with us and us accepting so many students allows us to see how these people work with children on a day-to-day basis. So I think that's really eye-opening for us, and we see those people that really shine. And if they can bring something to your team, and then beyond that, they have to fit with the team. Because it is human nature, we've built a family. And so people come in, and you have to fit fit in with the family and with the values of, of what we carry. I, I presume there are some basic credentials that they have to have, though, or in certain background checks. I mean, there are certain processes you go through when you are hiring them? Yes, like two-thirds of our staff have to be fully qualified, uh, whether it be at the CJEP or university levels. Um, beyond that, they have to all be certified in first aid, and everybody who's in the daycare has to have a police background check that we do every three years. I'm wondering, you know, with, with they're dealing with the with the children, you're, how do you maintain, I mean, it's a happy place, it hopefully is, with all the kids running around. Is it easy to create that culture of people that they want to come in every day and that they're looking forward to, to, to playing and educating the children? Is it difficult to keep that on top of everybody's mind? I don't think so, really, because I think that the people who choose this as their, their profession, for the most part, find joy in these little things. So, you know, a day at daycare is a lot of work, yes, for the educators in terms of their programming and such, but it's fun. It's a great place to be on a daily basis. The things that the children say to us, um, just getting their hugs in the morning sometimes, it's just so rewarding. And I know it's something that you don't get in an office job, or I don't think you do anyways. (laughs) Well, depends on the office. What about a difficult employee? Have you ever had somebody that you really just had to part ways with because it wasn't working out? Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yes, of course. You know, we go through this. I think it's just like any other job. Sometimes people come to you for a period and things, you know, at the beginning are are all sunshine and things seem to be going along very well, but it could be something that they have a disagreement with another employee or they disagree with a, uh, a scheduling change. And sometimes, as I said, they just don't fit the team. Um, and that's the point that you actually have to sit down with them and say, you know, maybe this isn't the place for you, you know, because you need to have that, that passion and, and you need to be able to want to want to work on it daily. Andrew Mlotzi, our guest from Sip et Mon Coeur on Today's Entrepreneur at 7.23. On Today's Entrepreneur, our guest in the studio is Andrew Mlotzi of Sip et Mon Coeur. And Josh, we're talking about uh, the perils of running uh, a daycare and a lot of the benefits also, and certainly in a, in a system that, uh, that can be a bit complicated sometimes. Absolutely. And, and part of it is, I mean, even though, you know, it's a public daycare and it's $7 a day, and for now, for now, exactly, it's going to go up. We'll we'll chat about that uh, <laughs> after forty five when when my partner Nick Moretis comes on. Uh, but there, people still have to know you're there. I mean, they still have to be able to find you to keep your you know the the lists or the waiting lists uh, going. So how do you how do you ensure that people know you're there? How do you keep the kids constantly coming in? I think one of the top ways uh, is by maintaining a a sense of community. So we have a lot of continuity in our daycare. I have uh, 
parents who used to be children with us now bringing wow. uh, their kids back to us and uh, and beyond that you know the situation of daycare downtown is there's such such a high need uh, I have a waiting list of thousands of names the waiting period is about four years so wow. unless you have a sibling already in daycare it's very difficult to get in is it difficult to be on that waiting list I mean there's so many daycares around and I know they're they're kind of regional or local but is it is it a global waiting list is it like for the whole city of montreal is it more just for the ville marie maybe you can explain the the challenges of the waiting list from a parent standpoint for the moment uh most of us have our our own waiting lists there is an association that does do a global waiting list um in the future in the very very near future the government is going to implement universal waiting lists uh, for us, we've always worked with our own, and once people are on our waiting list, they stay on our waiting list until such a time that they that they find a place. But it's it's just very hard because when they came in with the five dollars a day and then the seven dollars a day, it's just created a lack of of space downtown, especially because our community is not. Uh, as set as in other territories because we have a lot of people who will come into the downtown core and want their children close to them so we have the people who live here plus the people who work here plus the people who go to school here so have you ever been bribed to get somebody moved up the waiting list and into the program oh i think if you've been in this field long enough of course it uh, it it always happens but you know you really need to to be fair and honor the families that uh, that you have and really they're the only ones that get the priority above other people that are on the waiting list are the families that you serve because you don't want your families running here and there to, for child care so I presume there's no real, you're not worry, really worried about competition in the neighborhood. I mean, you have such a, a long waiting list. So if we put that aside, what about collaboration? I mean, are you part of any associations, does it help to kind of talk things out and work with your, your peers in this, in this industry? I am part of an association of uh, directors, uh, the Quebec Association, sorry, excuse me, the Quebec Association of Preschool uh, uh, Development, QAPPD. And uh, we meet every month or every two months and it's really a forum for us as directors to be able to get together and and share our stories and and find out what's what's going on in each other's daycares but even at the at the government level and discuss these things so that you know we help we help each other so everything makes sense you know and it helps to know that you're not alone in uh, in what you're doing so you share ideas, you commiserate uh, a little bit of everything. Absolutely. And they're all they're all people at a similar level of you as you directors running your respective CPEs. Yes, we're all directors of not-for-profit centers. Is it? Do you ever kind of come up with a most uh, a, a unique way? Do you kind of share ideas? Do you? Do you, I mean the the and the educators? Do they move from from location to location, or they pretty much stay where they are? For the most part. At our center, not all centers work the same, but for, for us, our educators maintain their age groups as much as possible. Now, over the years, we've had new staff come in. Those, those people move around a little bit, and of course, I have certain staff that do like to float. So they'll, they'll go into different classes as replacements. Uh, but all the, all the educators that work with us do need to be able, at the drop of a hat, really, to be able to go into any classroom because they need to be that fex flexible. And uh, coming up after the break, Josh, we'll uh, talk uh, about uh, government relations. We'll get Andrea's uh, one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur as well. Uh, that's all coming up on the show, but first at 7.30. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
735. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. And our guest this evening is Andrea Malazzi. She is the director of Sipir Moncar. So we're talking daycare and all the challenges, uh, spe specifically now, Josh, uh, when it comes to dealing with the government, which is always pleasant and, and, and productive, as we know. Uh, you know, all entrepreneurs have to, you know, have to face government regulations. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, running a public daycare it probably has that much more other than, you know, the private corporations. Uh, maybe we can start and, and ask Andrea at the beginning, you know, in the 70s or when you first started getting involved, uh, what were the government regulations back then and as how do they compare to today? Was it less onerous? Was it more onerous? I mean, it was certainly less computerized. Um I don't know how, how you might react to that. I think in, in the early days, uh, the heyday of the, our daycare, uh, <laughs> we used to have a lot more flexibility in what we did. Like I discussed our swimming program, we had a dance program, um, so many things that we could offer the children that were part of the program. In the early 80s, when we applied to receive government funding so that our parents could receive some subsidy, the reg regulations started to become more and more strict in what you could and couldn't do. And one of the big changes for us was with the whole $5 a day when it came into effect uh, that we couldn't charge parents for any extras. So one of the extras that we had for many years was the swimming lessons. And our parents were free to choose whether they wanted the program or not. Uh, everybody opted in, but in the end, the government came in and basically cleared that and we couldn't do it anymore at all by law so it's you know it, it, it's kind of tied our hands for things that we want to do for the children so from extracurricular activity standpoint you're very limited in what you can offer or you can offer it but you can't charge for it we can charge for things that are done outside the daycare so if I take children across the street to the puppet show we can charge the parents the cost of what it's going to mm -hmm. cost us to be there but anything that happens in in-house there's no charge for it. So if you bring the puppet show in-house, forget about it. Correct. There's no charge. We finance it. We have to find the money within our budget to do that. So there must be, I mean, these financial restrictions that you're just alluding to, you really have to kind of hunker down and, and really count your pennies and make sure you plan properly. Uh, how, do, you know, how do you live with these cash flow restrictions? Hmm. I, I think, you know... You, your main goal is not to, not to run a deficit at the end of the mm -hmm. year. So the way we often work it is we wait towards the end of the budget year and see where we can go with the money that we have and when we, what we can afford. As I said, we had to cut the swimming program. For our dance program, we were, were able to incorporate it into our, our budget so that we can continue it on a daily basis. So you, you kind of cut a little bit here and, and move things around a little bit there so that you're able to do what you still want to do and what, what you have always believed in. But it is certainly more challenging and much different than the way we used to work. And what about location? I mean, you're in your location now for a long time. Um, how does that work? Is the government restrict on where you can operate or how much you can pay? Well, we are in a wonderful location. We've been located in the YWCA downtown for 43 years now. Um, and it's been great because we've had access to a wonderful gym. Uh, unfortunately, the government doesn't pay 
enough money for rent for what the going rate is downtown for the square footage for the buildings. And that's one of the big challenges that we have right now, because after 43 years, we find ourselves in a situation that we have to find a new location. And how easy is it to find a new location? Like, what are the parameters you have to live by? Well, we have to stay, first of all, within our territory. We are uh, considered the Ville Marie territory, and so we serve a downtown community. So as long as we respect that territory, we will be fine. But our problem is trying to find property, uh, either within a building or a standalone property or land even, that you know, would be suitable for our daycare because we have to look at things like we have to have a playground, uh, the access to the buildings because we are two installations technically under our CPE. Mm -hmm. We would have to have two civic addresses. So little things like this, but I mean, it, it makes a big difference. In downtown, there's no green space. So we really have to try and, and find someplace that would be perfect for our kids, 146 kids, and it's been very, very difficult. We've been looking for about a year now. You're still in search of something. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Have you, you know, has it changed the, the, the restrictions, the financial restrictions since the $5 day daycare came in in the early 80s? Has it, I don't want to say going downhill since, but have you always, if you have to find ways to be creative, I mean, your salaries, are you, you're limited with the number of people you can hire uh, based on the parameters that are given to you by the government. Uh, the, the salary scales for the educators are preset uh, by the government. You can pay more to your educators, and uh, I'll have to say that educators in general are poorly paid when you're in childcare, so they deserve to have a lot more. Um, but I think, as I mentioned before, being in a larger childcare center, it allows us a lot easier money flow so that I think we can make that a, a good working environment for our employees as well and be able to, to offer more things to the kids. So it's definitely been a tightening um, and uh, with budget cuts that, that come down uh, down the pipe, that it's hard to, to deal with those type of things. Have you experienced many budget cuts over the years? Most recently, over the uh, past couple of months, uh, the government did come in and claw back on uh, savings that we had. And they did that across the board to other daycares as well. But it, it was a huge chunk for us and uh, just devastating because really that money doesn't go back to our center, money that we worked so hard to save. So this is money that you just uh, you just saved up through good management, but it's not money that, that belongs to your organization, and they just took it? Correct. It's government wow. money. Okay. Now, how do you... I guess you have to now get a little creative. You have to look for a space within your territory, but if you can't pay market rates, then how creative does the government expect you to get? I think the government hopes for partnerships with companies uh, as an incentive maybe to have a certain amount of spaces reserved for their employees or really it's the benevolence of other people to be able to pay the rent because the, the amount that they give is, is just so low for the downtown core. You know, with all the experience, what about reporting to the government? I mean, has it been the same forms forever and a day? Is it, is it anything really changed or that's been pretty static as well? Every year when we have to do the financial reports, there, there are a few more questions. It's a long enough process. We have an outside audit. It's, you know, as long as you, you maintain that transparency, it, it goes pretty well. Yeah, you know, there's no problem with it, but it is, yes, definitely more questions. And you're, I guess, assigned somebody from the government to act as your representative? 
Like, do you deal with the same person year in, year out from the government from when you're reporting? Okay. For, well, financials aside, we are aside, assigned an agent that works with our center and any problems that we may come across. So, like, now that we're dealing with this, uh, this move, this potential move, um, I'm in closer contact with our agent to find out, you know, what the next step is, where do we go from here, and anytime there's any issues, and sometimes little questions, you know, they need to be there to, to help us to answer those little questions. So, yeah, you, you build relationships with, with these people, but they do tend to change kind of often. I would imagine <laughs> so. So as you look back, I mean, you've been there, you know, a couple of decades plus, so the center has been there certainly since since the 70s, is there any one thing, with the knowledge you have today, is there any one thing you would have done differently looking back? I think my biggest regret is probably not buying the property. There was an empty lot right near where we're located, and it, ha it had two little houses on it, and it was, it was going for sale for so cheap, and we should have bought it back then, because then we could have built our own center, standalone building, and we wouldn't have the issues that we're having right now. So many challenges. Thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing some of them with us. Uh, I know that they continue to, uh, to, 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 you continue to work on them, and I think it's great. A phenomenal story, certainly dealing with the government. And we're going to continue that discussion a little bit with, uh, you know, with Nick Moretis, who's going to come in and talk tax. And how, does, how can people get benefit from uh, childcare credits? Andrew Malazzi, our guest from CPE Moncoeur on Today's Entrepreneur at 745. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau, and our guest this evening, Andrew Malazzi from CPE Moncoeur. So we're talking daycare, and we also bring into the conversation Nick Moretis, tax partner with Fuller Landau, and certainly uh, there must be some, some challenges uh, when you're running a, a government-subsidized daycare, certainly in the, in the tax and, uh, and government relations department. Well, and I, I think what, you know, we always talk about challenges for entrepreneurs, but I think now we should talk about challenges for parents and challenges for, for parents that, you know, what can they take advantage of? What should they know about? I mean, you have this, this lovely, beautiful child, but uh, what uh, what good things can, can come of it other than the smile and the hugs that, that Andrea was saying earlier? So, Nick, I kind of turn to you and maybe you can talk uh, a little bit about uh, some of the child care tax benefits uh, that are out there. Well, if you must have a child, you should know that they're in the tax system. There are there are mechanisms to uh, reduce some of your taxes. The big one is on child care. Now, child care is not only uh, daycare services. It could be after school services or even before school starts in the morning services where the, you might be charged more by a school. Um, and uh, what you need to know is it's uh, it's available for children under 16 years of age. Um, and for the feds, and, and Quebec have roughly the same programs, but they're calculated differently. Uh, the federal government for children uh, born to, in 2007 till now, uh, you can get up to $7,000 as a deduction. Um, and what that, does that mean as a deduction? Well, if you're paying roughly 40% tax and you can get $7,000 as a deduction, you will save $2,800. And that's one of the big ticket items. I presume you have to have some income to have a deduction that's if you're right. not working. That's right. We're getting yeah. So if you do go to a daycare that isn't a $7 day, daycare uh, and you're paying a lot more than that and you could be spending ten to uh, $15,000 a year, this 7000 is where the cap is. 
in Quebec, for the same age bracket, uh, they allow you up to about $9,000. So uh, you're getting about 16,000 times this roughly 40% uh, being a, a, an average sort of tax rate. That is what you can recover from that. And that's where the biggest item is. Now, both governments, however, calculate the things differently. For the federal, one of the two parents should be working. If neither, neither of the parents are working, then these numbers of the 7,000, you will not get. And if both parents are working, they usually calculate based upon the lower of the salary of the of the two parents to, to calculate these maximums. If one parent's working and one isn't, then you're okay. It'll it? take that it'll take that parent's salary to calculate it. So for federal, you're okay. In Quebec, they look at it differently. They look at the family total income, and then they will determine where you are. So if a family income of up to thirty three thousand seven hundred forty dollars, you can get back up to seventy five percent of your daycare costs, which is a sizable amount. As your in family income grow goes up, so say at the, you're at fifty one thousand dollars as family income, you're only getting sixty one percent, which is still is fa a fairly large amount. But once you get into the higher incomes, like uh, over one hundred fifty thousand of family income, you're down to about twenty six percent. So the daycare cost is something that you should be getting. That means you're getting official receipts. And you should be getting it around now for your 2013 tax season, official receipts. Now, in Quebec, the $7 daycare for Quebec is not considered a, a daycare cost because they're already um, uh, providing sufficient funding for it. The feds, however, will allow you to claim it. So in the feds, if you are, you're claiming your $7 a day daycare and you're saving that 40%, it's actually saving you another two bucks off your taxes. So it's, it's costing you about 4 to $5 a day after tax for the federal side, and Quebec is still at 7 Andrea, do parents assume that you're up to speed on all these tax laws when it comes to child care? I mean, do you get drilled with a lot of, a lot of questions uh, on this, and do you have to answer? Of course, uh, especially at tax time. They always want to know why they only get one tax receipt because the other one is zero on it. So, you know, they, they do come to us with the with these questions, and we have to be prepared to answer. And these are complicated rules. It's not something, uh, even I as a tax person, got to read them every year to remind myself what I, what I have to do. Yeah, that's not an age thing at all. That's not at all an age thing. <laughs> but when we come back, we'll talk more about, uh, actually, one thing that was kind of pressing a little bit was, you have, I mean, are there specific areas of child care? I mean, it, it could not just daycares, right? It could be, uh, you mentioned after school services, nannies. I mean, are there things that, that people should should look for? You know, if, if you have somebody has a nanny and there's a 15 year old kid, I mean, do you just take the full price of the nanny? Do you, does the government really look at the age and what's really used for it? Uh, well, <clears throat> with when if you do have nannies who are like, uh, and taking care of, there there's always a, a review as to is this person taking care of only the child, or is there also some housekeeping going along, etc., and there has to be an apportionment. Nick Moretis joins us talking about uh, tax issues when dealing with the government, and Andrea Malazzi from Cipi Hermancoeur. It's Today's Entrepreneur, 753. Remaining moments on Today's Entrepreneur, our guests are Andrea Malazzi of Cipi Hermancoeur, the daycare downtown, and Nick Moretis, tax partner, uh, tax specialist at Florlando. And we're talking about, of course, tax things that you need to know, tax credits you need to know when you're talking about kids, as as Nick mentioned, should you choose to have them. So maybe there's a few other things other than daycare that uh, that, that maybe parents should be aware of. I'll run through a, a couple of things. Uh, one is the universal child care benefit that the federal government actually pays uh, parents for uh, kids under six. Uh, it's $100 a month, and it's not going to just come automatically. You have to go in and apply, and I'll leave a web page for the Canada Revenue Agency so you can go on. It's www. 
cra-arc.gc.ca. Make sure you go on in there and check to make and, and register for your child. Uh, the other th things about children, um, bus passes. Bus passes for yourself, your spouse, and your kids uh, are eligible for federal tax credit. So don't forget to include your kids. They do go to school. They usually need a bus. Uh, and the child fitness program, which, the, again, is at the federal level, you're allowed to um, claim up to $500 and, uh, as a, for a tax credit. Now, it actually gives you, that $500 will actually deliver a $62.63 tax credit. But it's worth something for any child who's uh, attending uh, any program uh, that uh, requires uh, significant physical activity that's being carried over uh, eight consecutive weeks or at least five uh, consecutive days. Um, and it's a, it could be like a dance program. It could be a physical, uh, some sort of exercise program. It's only at the federal level. There's also a child's arts amount, uh, again, to a maximum of $500, which in terms of actual dollars to you as a refund is $62.63. Uh, it's available for children under 16, as is the fitness program. Um, and it's basically contributing to uh, some sort of artistic or cultural activity. Uh, so if you have a, a dance program that's good for one credit, and then you have a singing program or playing music or learning languages, that will qualify for uh, the other program as well. Uh, tuition fees, once your kids uh, get older, they're going into post-secondary uh, tuition costs. Children can transfer part of their tuition costs over to the parent if they themselves cannot use it. There's different limits between Canada and Quebec. Canada has a $5,000 limit. Quebec doesn't, uh, there isn't a limit right now. Uh, but that's something, again, don't forget. It's a discussion, though, with the child because the child can keep the tuition fees for himself and use it down the road when he or she starts working. But many times if the parents are supporting, they might like, well, you know, pass me down the credit. So lots of things to keep in mind. Well, lots you of know, things. From... They're all there. It's not going to you know, it's not gonna completely overpay uh, back uh, for all the child costs that you're uh, incurring, but it's, uh, at least it gives you a little bit of breathing space. Why would you pay back for all the love you get from your child? Absolutely. And as on that note, we're going to turn to Andrea and ask her, uh, of all the little hugs that she's received over the years, what one piece of advice would you give to today's entrepreneur? I'd say that if this is a field that you're considering going into, make sure that it is truly your passion, that it's what you want to be doing every day, full-hearted for the rest of your life because the rewards are plenty and ongoing and it, it it's just so rewarding on all aspects so really i think it's one of the best best career choices and dan my quick takeaway just before we wrap up is uh while passion is important it's always a great idea entrepreneurs should always you know don't get lost in the details of your business having a view from 35,000 feet, you know, seeing what the opportunities are, whether it's a plot of land next to you that you can that you can have to grow your business or anything else, it's great to keep an eye on your business from a bird's eye view and not just get lost in the detail. Nick Moretis, tax partner at Fuller Landau. Thanks for coming in again, Nick. And Andrea Malazzi from Sipit or Moncar. Thanks, Andrea. And Josh, we'll see you back here next week, next Monday night at 7 p.m. And uh, today's entrepreneur, uh, sorry, two weeks from now, two weeks from now on today's entrepreneur,